Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Becoming a Butterfly. Today I'm going to talk about injuries. Um, apologies if you can hear, I think my laptop sounds like it's going to blow up. Um, apologies if you can hear that in the background. Anyway, to the point. So first of all I'm going to say I am lucky enough to never have suffered an injury um, or setback or any sort of issue that has stopped me from training 100% for longer than a period of about a week or two. Um, I've always been able to work around it, whether that's off foot conditioning, um, just doing upper body, just doing lower body, taking it slow for, you know, two weeks and then easing in two weeks later. Um, but yeah, even through operations that I've had, um, setbacks that I have had, I've always been able to come back out after about at least two weeks um, and figure something else out. So I'm first going to start with just going through some of the injuries and setbacks that I have had. Um, I've gone through a period of, I've had tennis elbow, um, I've had lower back um, issues, SI joint issues, and my SI joint basically like completely froze. I was literally dragging my leg up the stairs. Um, Achilles tendonitis back home and Achilles tendinopathy when I first arrived in Australia. Um, had a ganglion removed from my wrist. I've had shin splints for years. Um, I had my shoulder, I had some like lat joints and shoulder issues. Um, during university where I had to have my shoulders taped back. I've been in hospital, I think between like 10 and 12 times. Um, I've had all sorts of stitches, butterfly dissolvable, takeout ones. I've had four general anaesthetics um, with operations, multiple overnight stays and hospital admissions. I've had one fracture and one break. I've had three MRIs um, and that is basically a brief overview. Um, I've been admitted to hospital I think four times with stomach issues um, but that is another podcast that I'm going to do a completely different thing on because they're not really injuries. That was more like IBS issues but I basically wanted to talk about, I'm not going to talk about all of those in detail, that would take me forever um, but I just wanted to talk or do a podcast on injuries because I was talking to someone the other day who's recently got a setback and she was saying she'd find it really interesting and some other people you know I often get asked you know what what have you been through have you been through this um I've seen you be through you've gone through a few things what helped you and one of the biggest things I can say is go and get help as soon as possible so humans are motivated by pain um as soon as we start feeling like a bit of a niggle uh, most of the time we will just be like oh it's just a bit of a niggle you know I'll work over it I'll get over it. I'm just going to keep grinding away um it'll disappear and if it doesn't it'll get worse and then I'll go and see someone when it gets worse and there's a point you know where it can only get so bad and then you get used to it so you don't actually understand how bad it's getting obviously it depends what the injury or the setback is um and I keep saying injury slash setback because I don't know people define them differently um but yeah it obviously depends what the issue is I mean if if it's a fracture it's gonna you know you're always gonna feel the pain but if it's say um a muscle issue or something it can get so bad to a point and then it can just stay at that point and you'll just get used to the pain but that doesn't mean it's okay you know it's not disappeared and one thing I've learned from this is it's better to be safe than sorry So people always used to say to me, you know, they'd be like, you spend so much time and so much money in 
the doctors or with the specialists or, you know, physios or whatever and all this treatment. And that's because I'd rather have a healthy mind and a healthy body than be sorry and be feeling like I am 302 instead of 23. Um, and don't like right now, I feel the healthiest and happiest I have been, you know, I've not had any setbacks for a while, touch wood, fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, when, especially when I was recovering, I think because my body wasn't so, wasn't used to training and it was also trying to build up its general like skeletal system, even when I got ill, your bone density drops and things. So while I was recovering, that's all trying to rebuild. And so is like my internal organs and things. And at the same time, I was smashing in the gym and doing boxing and lacrosse and netball and all these different things all kind of came out of nowhere, boom, all piled on top of each other. And one thing my S&C coach, strength and conditioning coach, um, taught me was there is no such thing as overtraining. So many people would say to me, you know, you overtrain, you train so much, when do you rest and all of this. Um, and for me, training and exercising and all those things is my meditation. When I'm in the gym or when I'm playing a sport, um... I don't really think about anything else. That's my time to zone out. So for me, that's my time to kind of meditate. You know, it's a different type of meditation, but it's what works for me. Back to my point, my s coach saying you cannot overtrain. He told me, he was like, you know what? Don't worry about what these people are saying. As long as you're recovering, you're fine. And I kind of thought, hmm, I don't think I'm recovering. You know, I'm not I'm not doing any stretching. I'm not doing any mobility work. I'm not doing any warm ups or cool downs. And he wrote me programs for about, a year or two and he always included um five to ten minutes of a warm-up and a cool down and at first I was like oh my sessions are long enough you know I don't have time to do that and it's like well actually what are you prioritizing are you prioritizing just going into the gym and smashing yourself and not warming up and cooling down and feeling rubbish or are you prioritizing being able to maintain a week of good sessions with an added t- 10 minutes on either side for a prolonged period of time if that makes sense So he said, you can't overtrain, you can only under recover. So if you can train however much you want or however little you want. And as long as you're recovering, things will be all right. And obviously, you know, give or take, that's quite a general thing to say. But with that comes um, homework from, say, physios and specialists that you go and see. So I spent a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of energy going back and forth, seeing physios um and luckily for me I went to I went to Harrison Ross um in England and I saw the same two to three on rotation physios so they all had my same notes they all talked to each other if I was seeing one of them the other one might come in and just see what's going on and my S&C coach also worked with them I also saw a podiatrist alongside that so I had like a little a little team um and that's what kind of like top not top level I don't know what they have but like athletes you know they do have that, they have a team focus, which is what I'm trying to get across, um, because that is how important it is to have, stay with the same person. So if you go and see someone for help on injuries and you're going to one person one week and then you're going to another person another week and then another person another week, even if they're in the same company, if they're not talking and they're not sharing notes and they're relying on your kind of feedback, they're not really going to know what's going on behind the scenes. So you need someone that's kind of consistent with your um, rehab and recovery in order for you to get the best out of it. And going back to my first point, why I ever mentioned this, was the homework side of things. So for the first year or two of me going to see these kind of specialists and trying to get around some of my injuries, um, I never really did what they told me to 
outside the physio room. So sometimes it was just about literally I just needed the soft tissue massage. I just needed someone to get into my like knots and things and then I could leave and that was that. But a lot of the time a good physio or specialist or whoever you're seeing will give you something to work on outside of seeing them because you probably I don't know it depends who you are but you probably only see them once or twice a week I was seeing mine once a week um on average yeah and if I wasn't doing anything outside of that then I'm not going to get really anything out of the work that they're putting in um when I do see them so I realized how important it was to actually do the homework they set you and if you don't do it things aren't going to improve but not many people will admit that they haven't done what they've been told to do. They will say that it's not working because, you know, the physio doesn't understand their issue or it must be a different issue. Um, they'll never put them blame on themselves. And that's the best thing you can do, you know, take accountability for it. I'm not at all saying it's your fault that you've caused that there's this injury or setback or whatever it is. But it is your kind of fault if you don't get the most out of the rehab and recovery that's that you're kind of paying for or that's at your disposal um and I've been I've had I think there's been about three times when I've been told if I don't kind of put the effort into my rehab and recovery then it could be detrimental um I had a bad boxing injury when I was training for my charity match last year um yeah last in 2019 and I went to see a specialist and his physio and his physio said she's worked with some like elite um, boxers and she said she sees it quite a lot. And if they keep, if people keep working over the kind of pain, then their tendon can completely tear and they won't be able to use their middle finger. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not a professional athlete and there is a possibility that I could never use my middle finger again. And she was like, if you're not doing it, if you're not doing boxing seriously, then I think you should consider just not doing it at all, doing something else that you enjoy. And I mean, I'd been boxing really, really rarely, but before a bit before I did my boxing match. And then I absolutely loved it when I trained for my boxing match and I wanted to carry it on. Hence what I did. And I still do it out in Australia. But, and to have her tell me, you know, I might as well should give it up was quite a hard thing to hear. So I went out and I bought some of the things she told me to buy as protection to wear like um, during the day and whilst I was doing my boxing. And I also, we discussed my job at the time as a barista, you know, it's a lot of using your hands and moving things around. She said that probably worsens it because you don't get time to recover. And since I actually quit that job, I quit it because I came to Australia. But since I quit that job... I've gone back to boxing and I've never had an issue, touch wood, fingers crossed, because I kind of learnt, I understood what was causing the issue and also I didn't have a job that was worsening it. And that's something that I want to tie into this podcast is understanding your injuries. So it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm feeling this pain. I need to go and see a doctor. I need to go and see a nurse or a physio or whatever. Um, and you go to them and you tell them what's going on and they kind of give you a bit of a breakdown and tell you what they're going to do. But if you don't ask questions so that you fully understand what's going on in your own body and what they're doing to help you, then honestly, what's the point? If you speak to my physios, anyone that I've seen, um, I saw a chiropractor for a year and a half at one point as well um, and a homeopath to help things that were going on inside, which again, I'm going to talk about in another podcast with my IBS. but my point being if you ask anyone that I've seen any specialists or whatever they will probably 
they'll vouch for the fact that I'm a very inquisitive person, you know. I don't let them tell me something and then just be like, okay, cool. I have to make sure I understand it. So I'll be like, okay, why is that happening? Or why are you doing this? Even when they're giving me, um, say, I've had dry needling, acupuncture, cup, like cupping, um, obviously massage. I've had, oh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, it's literally like a weapon of torture. Um, Graston tool, that's it. When they literally like scrape away at muscle, um, scar, scar tissue and it muscle like knots and things um but I'll say I'm like what does this actually do um and not only what does it do in general but what is it doing for my issue right now so that I can understand it and then I can go home and I can understand why I'm doing the certain things that I'm doing at home to um kind of complement what's going on in the physio room so when a physio gives me exercises to do I'll be like okay cool I'll make sure I understand them you know and he's describing them and things and then when I when he's finished, I'll be like, okay, and what does that do? You know, I got told by when I had my Achilles tendonitis back home and tendinopathy here, I got told that I should be able to do 25 calf raises body weight. And I could only ever do 12 until recently when I started actually, um, not, it wasn't doing my rehab, but I was incorporating it into my gym sessions. Um, but I never understood, you know, why, why should I have to do this until I asked and I realized like how vital kind of calf strength is for getting over shin splints and a lot of the injuries that I've had haven't come in isolation they've come hand in hand so my first issues with my SI joint and my lower back were very much to do with my core so I looked like I had abs you know people were like wow you must be so strong you've got abs first of all I was very skinny and second of all I had abs but I didn't have any core strength so I stripped it all the way back with my, one of my physios and he taught me all about core strength and he taught me about like pelvic floor exercises and what they can do and he had me for t- five minutes five to ten minutes after every session just lie on the floor and do these different breathing exercises and pelvic floor exercises and at the time I was like wow this is ridiculous like this isn't doing anything for me I'm not burning any calorie like extra calories what is this it's not exercise I'm just breathing but actually doing that consistently I did it for about a year um I still do it now but not um fully consistently but doing that for about a year I built up unbelievable core strength and now I have very good core strength and then I took that and gave it to my S&C coach because it, these were the physios that worked with him and we used that core strength that I built up with my physio room put it into my S&C program and it became an actual exercise you know I can use those breathing exercises grabbed a BOSU ball, balancing on that and working on my core strength. So once you do what you do with the physio, you know, you do your homework, you work on the issues, you can then take that and put that into your training to make yourself better, more agile, more mobile, stronger. And that is something, again, that I saw with my shin splints, my Achilles tendonitis um, and all my kind of ankle, all those mobility issues. I had weak ankles, you know, I was going over on them. Um, shin splints, I struggled with a lot in lacrosse. That was another time I've been told by the physios I couldn't finish my lacrosse season um, in second year or final year, which was very upsetting. But I managed to work around it by, that was just me coming to agreements with my physios. Because they told me in final year, you know, I couldn't finish my lacrosse season. I was like, I've got five games left and I'm captain. And it's my last five games for Loughborough live love lax love bra um okay that was total ramble anyway yes yeah, so i got told that anyway i worked around it 
But what I was going back to is those kind of issues all linked. So my back and my SI joint and my core, they are linked. And then that also linked to like knees and ankles and my feet and stuff. So plantar fasciitis, I've had that as well. Um, And these things all link. So nothing came in isolation. But once you strengthen one part of you, you learn to strengthen another and then another. And then you take it into your workouts and you get stronger all round. So I started strengthening my calves and then I was working on my ankle mobility and I was working on not being um, quad dominant, but also engaging my glutes. And then that means that other muscles in your legs are working. So different things are firing and that in turn strengthens everything. And that's one massive thing I've learned from the physio. It's not just about going and getting help for something and getting rid of something. It's about gaining. So I wasn't just going and getting rid of all these issues and niggles and pains and stuff. I was also, at the same time as getting rid of that stuff, I was gaining basic mobility and basic strength. And something my SNC coach taught me once, I was in the gym with him and we were working on my core strength. And he got his friend to come over who could lift like, I think he could bench press like twice his body weight or something ridiculous. And he got his friend to try and do a body weight TRX upward row. So it's when the TRX is hanging down and you pull your whole body up to it. Um, it's, a, it's like an inverted press up. I'm trying to describe it for people that might have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, I'm not very good at that. But yeah, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do a basic body weight exercise, but he could bench press with weights twice his body weight. And I thought, what the hell is going on there? So I said to my coach, I was like, what, what is that? Like, I'm so confused. And my coach said he doesn't have basic body weight strength. And at that moment, I realized how valuable it actually is to be like agile and mobile. They're at a very basic level. You have to strip everything back. And for me now, like I want to become a life coach in the future and I'm doing a personal training course. And one thing that I will, in my mind anyway, when I start with clients, you obviously do an assessment to try and understand kind of their flexibility and mobility and all of this stuff and their strength but one thing I want to work on from the very very start is that these basic movements you know body weight if you can't do a body weight press up I don't want you to be um trying to lift like twice your body weight over your head or something and that's something I see a lot in the gym is um people go in thinking you know it's all about strength and they'll try and shift like but their body weight times two um, over their head, but their form is just detrimental to the weight they're lifting. People will be like, oh, you know, I just need to work on my, um, I just need to get used to the weight, you know, I need to get my head in the game, all this and all that. And like, essentially, you just need to work on your form. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with using a basic barbell or even like a 5K dumbbell to just make sure that your form is right. Even now, when I've been I've been in the gym for six years now, you know, I first started going to the gym properly in 2014 with a personal trainer. Um, and he taught me everything, almost everything that I know about um, both in the gym and out of the gym and like physio life and stuff, because he was a physio before he became a personal trainer. So he helped me a lot with lots of issues and he used to call me at university and see how I was getting on with um, not only my gym, but also any like niggles and things I had. But yeah, my point being, that's when I first started going to the gym. So 2014, it's been six years. And even now I still start some of my weight, some of my sets, um, specific movements with either no weight and just do the movement or very, very lightweight, just so I can get used to the movement before I actually chuck loads of weight on there. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that because if you don't do that, it is more likely that you're going to get injured. 
baffles me that people can walk into gyms without warming up. Even now, during lockdown, people go into these, I don't know, I've not done a home workout. Um, I have, but I've not done one in a while. But how people can go into home workouts and things, do any sort of workout without warming up. Like, going out for a run, I'm like, do some stretching, you know, do some dynamic stretching, do some brisk walking before you go sprinting down a road. Basic little things, because it's more likely that you're going to get injured if you don't do that warm-up. The amount of times I see people walk into the gym at the moment and they just go straight to the weight section and go and smash some weights and they haven't warmed up and then they walk straight out. I mean, all I do at the moment is a five-minute row of warm-up and then some stretching after, or I walk home and that's kind of my cool down and then I'll stretch when I get back. But, you know, little things like that, it's going to make such a difference because the wear and tear you're putting your body under, especially when you're lifting weights, is phenomenal. I mean, you don't even think about it. Um, And I'm aware that I've kind of gone off on a gym ramble. This was meant to be more about like injuries and things. Um, But something I, when I was talking to my friend who said she'd find this podcast really interesting is she said she's going to go to a doctor and hopefully get referred um, on the NHS. And I completely understand, you know, financial troubles, things like that. I'm lucky that I had Bupa private healthcare insurance that I could use um, so that I could get things looked at straight away. And I had a friend who waited, I think she waited a year or maybe a year and a half to go and see a doctor. And by that time she'd like, can't really remember the extent of her injuries, but it was bad. She'd like broken two bones or something. Um, and I just think you get what you pay for. And the quicker you go and see someone for help, the quicker the injury is going to be helped and the less likely it is that it's going to hinder you for longer and longer. And I like to think of it as going to see a physio or a podiatrist or a coach or whoever you go and see for your injuries and issues and setbacks. That is like going to a beauticians and a hairdressers, but it's for your body, not for your image. And that all equals body image. Um, And people might be like, what, what's she talking about? But you're paying for these services and you'd go and get a haircut you know you'd go to the dentist to check that your hair your, your hair's okay your teeth's okay you might go and get if you're a girl or a boy I don't know um go and get like your makeup done your eyelashes done whatever it might be you know we all go and do these things we all go to the supermarket to buy our food and our groceries for the week so why would you not if you're if having a niggle you know if you're injured you're feeling pain why would you not then go and invest in that to figure it out I I just I can't really comprehend it. And people might be like, oh, Sarah, but you had the private healthcare insurance or you, mm, I don't know, might have earned more in a job than me. Like, yeah, okay, finance is an issue. But if you've got enough money to go to the hairdressers or go to the, like other things like that where you're investing in yourself, like the dentist or beauticians, then why can you not invest in your injuries instead of letting them get worse and worse and hindering you for longer? Because to me, a period of time when you have to lessen your training and exercise and workout load is a lot better than having to stop altogether because you've let your injury get so bad. And people listening to this might be like, yeah, I've had an injury, but it's not to the point of like having to stop forever, which is fair, fine. But I'm still saying if you need to go and get someone to look at it, go. Don't let anything stop you. Um, And I think... I haven't really talked in detail about all of my injuries and surgeries and operations and whatever, but a 
I've rambled for a good 20, 25 minutes. Um, so I think hopefully you can kind of maybe relate to this, you know, take something from it. Um, if you liked it, please go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and rate and review and share it, you know, let me know your thoughts and feedback. And thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a lovely day.